Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America located in Washington, D.C. provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. We're fortunate to have Mark Halpern with us every Wednesday in the second hour of the program. I highly recommend Mark Halpern's wide world of news. Become one of his subscribers like every other day. I feel like I'm getting an offering from Mark where I can participate in a video conference and hear not only his expertise, but also some of the brightest political minds from all across the country talking about the 2024 cycle. Uh, Mark, great to have you back. We were speaking, among other things, in the first hour of the program today about the whole NATO fallout, meaning what Donald Trump said last weekend in South Carolina, and then the remarks of President Biden in rebuttal in response yesterday. So let's start with that issue and tell me how you see it. Well, on the Trump side, you and I talked about this before. It's very hard to cover Donald Trump on this whole issue of taking him literally and seriously. And and I probably have too much of a tendency when he says something like he said last week, which you know he couched as a story, probably, probably not a true story in, in its specifics, but about, you know, telling NATO countries he'll encourage Russia to invade them if they don't pay their dues when he was president. Doesn't mean that's what his policy would be. And I think Democrats underestimate the extent that Trump has the upper hand of tens of millions of Americans' hearts and minds on this issue, where they agree with him about NATO paying their fair share and and U.S. uh, a smaller footprint abroad. On the issue, though, of Joe Biden's reaction, I thought his speech yesterday was one of the best anti-Trump speeches I've ever heard any Democrat give um, in its framing. It, it was framed in its language and its in its intensity. It was framed exactly the way uh, Democratic strategists believe Donald Trump should be framed on both moral and political terms. So the timing, of course, was fortuitous because it allowed Joe Biden to fuse his anger uh, over what Donald Trump said about NATO and Russia with his advocacy that the House Republicans allow a vote on the Senate bill that has aid for Ukraine in it in a way that was you know, more powerful, uh, combining the two. I, I think that as good as Joe Biden was yesterday, um, and as, as much as Donald Trump's remarks made some people uncomfortable, I think this is a, as a 2020-24 issue is up for grabs. First of all, we don't know what's going to happen in the Congress with trying to pass a bill to help Ukraine. We don't know what's going to happen on the facts on the ground in Ukraine. And we don't know in general how vulnerable Joe Biden might or might not be regarding foreign policy. So still a lot up in the air. But there's no doubt that in the short term here, the battle between these two, one very much opposed to more aid for Ukraine, one very much for it, one a strong believer in NATO as it exists and as it has existed, 
and one who who wants fundamental change in how NATO operates. There's no doubt that that's a substantive debate as well as a highly political one that could go all the way through November, but certainly is going to be a big part of the discussion between now and the conventions. Mark, it wasn't that long ago that Biden wouldn't name Trump. You could say, well, Trump didn't have the nomination as secure as he appears to have it today. But I would say there's been a a change of heart or position by the White House. They've decided to go full frontal on Trump, probably in a bid to again, like the last cycle, make it all a referendum on him. Yeah, it's just funny because you may have the same feeling when I still like I still uh, kind of. shake a little bit every time he says it because because even in the end game of a lot of presidential campaigns the candidates refer to each other as my opponent as opposed to saying the name but but as you just suggested there's lots of ways to think about this campaign but um but for two you know egotistical some would say narcissistic guys the paradox is the only way either of them can win is to make the race not about them but about the other guy and that's that is the consensus view of almost everybody connected to uh, directly or indirectly to this race. So Joe Biden can't disappear completely. And so he wants to, when he's front and center, put the spotlight on Trump and Trump and his advisors in particular want want it to be about Biden and Biden's record. It's funny because because the the weak link from the Trump point of view, I think, is he likes it to be about himself, too. And of course, he talks about himself, particularly in the context of the 2020 election in January 6th in ways that put the spotlight back on him. And of course, his legal troubles put the spotlight to some extent back on him. And the weak link on the Biden side is he's never been that great despite his own self-image. He's never been that great a speaker. And now because of his mental decline, whether you think it's vast or or minor, he has some manifest mental decline. It makes it hard for him sometimes to put the spotlight where he and his team wanted on Trump. Although, as I said, I thought yesterday, He did as good a job as I've ever heard him do in putting the spotlight back on Donald Trump. I appreciate that in the wide world of news every day, I'm getting your take, but I'm also getting interesting takes or takes that you find interesting that you think people need to read and appreciate to stay informed. This is a question, by the way, about the president's mental acuity and all that we've learned in the last few days since you and I last spoke and all that has been written and said about the issue. I want to know your take, big picture, but I also want to know if if there's a particular assessment or coverage or angle to this that you found particularly poignant. Well, I find it all a little bit confusing because I saw Joe Biden give a speech in 2018 before he announced he was running for president. Uh, it was it was a book event, so not a speech. It was a Q and A, and I've covered Joe Biden for years and known him for a long time. And I saw that event in 2018, and I said, "Oh my goodness, it's so sad." The level of mental decline. So I find it strange that it takes the passage of six years and the, the improperly expressed point of view of a special counsel with no medical expertise for some portion of the commentariat and the public to say, "Oh my goodness, Joe Biden suffered mental decline," as I've long said. His mental decline is not as bad as the Republicans say, and it's more substantial than the Democrats say. I find it spooky and troubling that White House officials and Biden friends are allowed to go out unchallenged and say no mental decline whatsoever. He runs us ragged. And then I also find it troubling for people to say he's completely lost his mind. He's a puppet. He can't do anything when go look at his speech yesterday. Go look at the State of the Union from from last year. When he's rested, when he's uh, in, in certain situations, he's he's fine. He's he's on top of his game. He knows what he's talking about. He's in control. 
maybe too in control, some of his aides would say, of what gets done. But when he's tired or when he has a senior moment, it's it's deeply troubling. And, and the cover-up of it is deeply troubling. Doesn't mean Donald Trump doesn't have his own problems. And there are plenty of people who would say, plenty of people who would say, give me a mentally declined Joe Biden over Donald Trump any day of the week. And that's why Donald Trump is not winning by 10 points, although he's ahead right now. In terms of in terms of people's perspectives on it, I think I think that that I look for those uh, who are trying to understand where this actually sits, and I mourn the loss uh, in terms of active writing uh, of of Dr. Lawrence K. Altman, who the New York Times had on the medical beat for years covering politicians. I think it's a it's an outrage and, and a mistake that major news organizations aren't assigning doctors, medical correspondents, not political reporters, to try to get to the bottom of where Joe Biden's mental health stands. It's not the only issue in this election. Um, uh, and, 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 and it needs to be done for both candidates. It's, it's vitally important uh, because both these guys will be well into their 80s in the second term, assuming one of them wins. The, the, probably the, the, the piece I, I most appreciated, although it only scratched the surface, was looking at this question of, uh, I think it was in the New York Times about the special counsel, Mr. Herr, and what he's all about, because I do think he he horribly overstepped. And I think the attorney general uh, missed missed his responsibility in writing about in, in what the White House correctly called gratuitous writing about the parental's mental decline. It's not wrong. I don't believe what he wrote, but it shouldn't have been in that report. I wonder if we're going to get to hear it and see it. I, my, I would I would tell the White House, be careful <laughs> what you wish for, because the more that they push or that the president took issue with what her wrote, the more I think they're inviting yeah. the release. It won't it won't, in my opinion, it won't make that much of an impact if we're reading a transcript. But if you're actually listening to it, I think that could be devastating for the White House. This is the Smirconish podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app.
let me ask this question of Mark Halpern. You and I have spoken for the last year about whether these are the two guys in light of what you've just mm-hmm. said, both both Trump and, and the way in which he said what he said about NATO and Joe and his legal issues, not the least of which, and Biden and the questions about acuity. Where does Mark Halpern stand on the 14th of February as to whether this is it? It's going to be a rematch. No, I think it's Michelle Obama versus Mike Pompeo. <laughs> right. Kidding. kidding, kidding. Um, look, J- Joe Biden is going to be the nominee unless one of the two H's or both rear their head, Health or Hunter. Otherwise, he, he, he wants to be president. He believes he's the best person to be president. And he believes with a lot of justification that he is, at this point at least, the best person, maybe in his view, the only person, despite what he said the other day publicly, to beat Donald Trump. And Donald Trump does not want to be a one-term president. And, oh, oh, by the way, his liberty could well depend on getting elected. So they're, they're, they're both in their own ways highly, more highly incentivized to be the nominees of their party than your run-of-the-mill frontrunners. So if one of them passes away or has some other issue that's just overwhelming uh, that, that doesn't allow them to run, then that could be a change. But there's no voluntarily stepping aside by either of those guys. There's no indication of that. It doesn't it doesn't match their personalities or their perspective on where this race is and where the country is. So I think it's Trump Biden now. Now, I also think unless as you you ferreted it out a couple weeks ago, unless Bobby Kennedy runs on the libertarian line and and, and no labels runs a ticket, I, I think it may well be a one on one matchup effectively. And if that's the case, it's an advantage for Joe Biden. Uh, because Donald Trump will have trouble winning a one-on-one race just numerically. I know in the in the past you've done some work for No Labels. I don't know what the state of your relationship is with the organization, and if you're precluded from saying anything, uh, you'll tell us. But if by by the way No Labels has positioned themselves, meaning if the country doesn't want these two, then we're inclined to to provide a, an alternative. How could No Labels not, given the polling data on both of these guys? live up to the mm-hmm. promise that they made and deliver a ticket. Right. So I have done work with them in the past, and, and I do believe in their general mission of, of bringing the country together. And I do believe that, that that there's an opportunity here with tens of millions of Americans. Every poll shows it. Um, uh, d- doesn't doesn't find it appealing to have only two viable choices of Trump and Biden. What they've also said, though, is that they will not run a ticket if they can't win, and they will mm-hmm. not run a ticket that will help Donald Trump win. And mm-hmm. so the answer to your question of why wouldn't they run a ticket is they have to they have to square both of those points before they can they can they can pull the trigger and 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 put two people forward. Okay, which brings me to issue number four. What is the state of the race? Big picture according to Mark Halpern. So um you know, Haley Barber, former governor of Mississippi, former RNC chairman, is one of the smartest people I know about politics, and he's so smart. He has all these aphorisms. He's got two which seem to conflict, but I think they both they perfectly both perfectly describe the Biden campaign right now. Haley Barber says in politics, nothing is ever as bad or as good as it seems. And he also says in politics, good gets better and bad gets worse. And I think both those things describe the Biden campaign right now. The her report, the 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 inflation rate, the, the polling numbers suggest Joe Biden is in a horrible shape and. Yet it's not as bad as it seems. He's the bottom hasn't fallen out. He's 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 in competitive position to still win. 
And he's running against a guy who's under 91 uh, counts, counts of indi- federal indictment or, or, or felony indictment. So not as bad as it seems. However, the problem he has, I believe, is although he had a good day yesterday, is good gets better and bad gets worse, which is as long as he's behind in the polls, as long as the donors and, and the activists are, are jittery and, and afraid and talking about Michelle Obama or talking about the, the, the question of, you know, can he really be the nominee? Things just aren't going well for him. So. He needs to put together a winning streak. And what some people say, more Republicans than Democrats, they got to take it with a grain of salt. They say he's never going to catch up by the summer. And by the summer, when the convention comes, he's going to be five points down to Trump and, and Democrats would be fools to nominate him at the convention. So I think I think there's still more that with the exception of the indictments, there's still more that can go wrong for for Biden than for Trump. And that's a problem for him. But. It's now as we wait for the Supreme Court, and this is why I, I, I always put Judge Shutkin, who's the tr- trial judge in the, in the Jack Smith special counsel case uh, in D.C., I always put her number one on the list of most important people in this election after the candidates, because there could well be a trial in that case before the election. I think that's the only one probably that could do political damage to Donald Trump with a conviction before the election. And if that happens, then I think we have to reevaluate where this race stands. I think people overstate the the determinative quality of a conviction. But I do think it would be much more difficult for Donald Trump to win if he's convicted in that case. So I think we stand right now with with Biden looking to put a winning streak together, looking to get into a rhythm where he can he can take the lead. Just that's unfortunately just the, the nature of the beast. If you're if you're behind for months, it starts to weigh on how, how people view you in the press and in the public. And then while we look for on the Biden side to see if he can put together a winning streak politically, we we look to see if the Supreme Court fast tracks that Trump case. Mark, to me, what you've just said is is the most important of many, many unknowns in this whole situation. And it might be not Judge Tanya Chutkin, but Judge Juan Mershon in the end, who holds a lot of these cards. We're waiting on the Supreme Court to decide. It's a procedural issue. It's it, A, how are they going to handle the whole immunity defense that Trump is trying to assert? I maintain it will go nowhere. The question is, do they give it the time of day? But more importantly, if the Supreme Court decides that they want to be the final word on criminal immunity for a president while in office, the issue is whether they stay or freeze what's going on in mm-hmm. that case. Yep. And if they freeze it, That's if right. they hold it, then then Trump is has bought an enormous lifeline. If they don't, then you're absolutely right. And I believe that Judge Chutkin wants to get that case listed ASAP if that case. But but now put that aside for a moment. Assume that the federal January 6th case does not get tried before the election. And just for the purpose of my hypothetical, that it is only the Stormy Daniels case that goes to trial. When all is said and done, just imagine that is the one case where Trump is on trial before election. I I think that could cut either way, because I think that to many people in Trump world or even some independents, they'll say, wait a minute, all the time and all the money, and and this is what we're trying the guy for when he's the Republican nominee? That could be to his benefit. Even if he's convicted, it could be to his benefit. And remember, Michael, the legal, I know you do, but just reminding listeners, the legal analysis, even from a lot of anti-Trump legal analysts, when that indictment was brought, was this thing is worth less than the paper it's written on because of the nature of, of how he brought the charges, not just the underlying facts and the nature of the underlying facts, but the way the law was used to bring that case. So 
I mean, it, it, you know, no one, no one wants to be under indictment. No one, any, no one, especially someone running for president, doesn't want to have to go sit in the courtroom like that. But, but I'm, I, I'm not confident that there will be a verdict in that case. And if there is, I'm not confident it will be a guilty verdict. And if there's a guilty verdict, I'm not confident that it won't backfire. So you're right. That case could jump to the front of the line. Of course, it started first. But I, I still think that the, 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 um, the danger exists. And of course, what if he's acquitted? What if he's acquitted in that case by a New York jury or there's a or there's a hung jury? Right. Then what? More likely. Then, then yeah. what are the political implications? That's right. Very, right. very dangerous. And, and 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 on the Supreme Court thing, if, if they were treating this like a normal case, they would take it because it's a case of first impression on an important constitutional issue and they would decide it in a year. But it's not a normal case. So they might not take it. And, and we could be. We could be 10 days or two weeks away from a trial date being set. The Supreme Court basically, you know, just saying we're not taking this. The, the Court of Appeals ruling stands. And that would be a huge, a huge decision. And I don't rule out that that's what they do. At any second. I mean, it could be today, could be tomorrow, but it's going to be soon. We're going to find out whether and how they will handle it. And that then the dominoes are all going to fall. Hey, before you leave me, I, I took notes. Well, it but be, I, it, 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 it's. it's Go ahead. It can't be any second just because Jack Smith has a couple couple of days to respond. So it can't right. be after Jack until Jack Smith oh. files his response. Agreed. Uh, let me actually. I want to. I want to lay down a marker on that as well. They gave him a deadline of, of yes, next sir. week. I yes, I think sir. it's it's going to happen within twenty four hours. I think that Jack Smith wants to send a message. There's yeah. no way that Friday closes without him already having responded on Haley Barber. I wrote down. I uh, good gets better. Bad gets worse with regard to the first of those aphorisms, as you put it. Is it nothing is as bad as it seems or nothing is as good or bad as it seems? I want to make sure I quote it for the audience. No, nothing is no, no, nothing is ever as good or bad as it seems. Good. Ad, OK, good or bad. I love that. Or, or love bad that. or bad. In other words, right now you'd say right now, you'd, right now you'd say it's horrible for Biden. Everything's falling apart. Well, it's not that bad. Right. And you'd say everything's going great for the Trump campaign. Well, it's really not. You know, it's all there's people the the media, political media and, and people in politics tend to overstate how good and how bad things are going. Final question. So they if they I seem may. to be in conflict. But again, I think they both describe it. Yeah. Yes, sir. I love Sorry, it. Uh, so a week from Saturday. Gosh, I've, I've, I've not even said her name. Nikki Haley. A week from Saturday is South Carolina. You and I know the polls. It's a 30 to 35 point margin that he seems to have over her. We'll talk about this in your Wednesday appearance next week, but I, I do want to just take your temperature. What happens to her if on on the South Carolina primary day she loses by the margins that are anticipated? Well, I actually think if you asked me, Gabe said thirty points and did over under, I'd take the over. I, I think he's I think he might win seventy five twenty five, which I'm horrible at math, but that's more than thirty. Um I, she has the money and the kind of media permission to go forward to Super Tuesday. If she loses seventy five twenty five, I'm not sure she will. But I think there's, I think, I think anything closer than seventy five twenty five, she does go forward. I think there's no indication she won't be super blown out on Super Tuesday. And I would say the base case right now is she's out after Super Tuesday. Um, but let's see what happens. I never like to. That, you know, take it away from the voters, but she's on a trajectory. I mean, you, you look at the national polls, she's losing, she's in by 40 points or more. And, and there's no state where she, I've not seen a single private public or private state poll that shows her catching on anywhere, including in her home state of the states between now and super Tuesday. So 
could she soldier on after that? She could. And there's a logic to it because she will accumulate delegates, even if she's being, you know, wiped out. Some states she'll accumulate delegates, not the states that have some version of winner take all. But if 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 she already has decided she doesn't mind pissing off MAGA and Donald Trump, she can go to the convention with the second most delegates. And if Trump has to withdraw from the race for one reason or another, she can stake claim to the nomination. So I can't rule that out. It's what I thought DeSantis was going to do. And he he changed his mind. But she could do that. But under the normal rules of politics, her money would have already dried up. It hasn't. But under the normal, normal rules of politics, her money will dry out if she's if she loses the next 10 contests by large double digits. And then and then she, she should get out by the normal rules. But like I said, because Trump is such an unusual front runner, maybe she stays in still. But she, she's she's currently not any threat to win a single primary caucus. Okay, and I will and I will say in John McLaughlin style, because we both are fans of the show and I love when Wide World of Newt's news is parroting each of the personalities, you know, Morton, et cetera, et cetera. The correct answer is that whether Nikki Haley stays in has more to do with what we described a moment ago, how the Supreme Court handles January 6th than it does her margin in South Carolina. That's my thought. Um, thank you, sir. That was excellent. Brilliant. as as all, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it, Mark, and I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Great to see you. Take Mark, care, Michael. Bye-bye. Mark Halpern, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, there's so much there for, for us to, uh, to pick over and extrapolate and so forth. Um, how about my last comment? The Supreme Court is about to make a very important decision, including an important procedural decision, if they will hear Trump's immunity claim. It's going nowhere, but they may, they may want to be the final word on it. And and I think if if they if the Supreme Court allows, I'll say it this way, if the Supreme Court allows the January 6th case to move forward now, then if I'm Nikki Haley, why am I getting out? Even if I get drubbed in my native South Carolina, why am I getting out? I'll I'll endure that embarrassment just in case I'm the last one standing when he is, in fact, tried. Call me on all of the above. You can also uh, tell me whether you agree. I love I love what Mark said about Haley Barber. Uh, good gets better and bad gets worse. Good gets better, bad gets worse, and nothing is ever as good or bad as it seems. True in life, perhaps. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. The Michael Smirconish Program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. Hey, gang, thanks for the telephone calls. I appreciate it. Jerry, quick thought. What did you want to say in follow-up to my discussion with Mark Halpern? Quick question and quick thought. I believe the most important strong person in the world is Mrs. Biden, a very bright woman, and she's going to say very simply to Joe, Joe, Rest on your laurels, save your legacy, come back to the family. It can only be downhill from now. Why wouldn't she have already? Why wouldn't she have already said that if she were ever inclined to say it? Good question. Be as close as you can, so that you don't become a long lame duck. Become a short lame duck, and then get all the powerful young Democrats all together. Put them in a caucus. Nobody cannibalizing each other, come out of a smoke-filled room with a guy, coons, or you name them, can name about N. By the way, I'm 90 years old. I've seen a lot of things in this country. I can only tell you, that's the way this country will be saved. A caucus, one guy coming in clean. I'm a lawyer. I don't have to be a lawyer. I have a high school education. I could strip Donald in a debate and cut him up in a little. <laughs> I'd love to. I would love to watch that. Thank you, Jerry. Good. Good for you. You sound sharp as sharp as attack. Uh, I can only say that I was surprised Saturday when, as a poll question, in connection with my CNN program, we posed the issue of whether Jill Biden ought to recommend to her husband that he not run. We had more than fifty thousand votes, and in round numbers, two thirds said yes, she should tell him so and i guess in lacking humility i say to you i believe that the statement that she issued that day was because of my cnn poll was because of my smirconish.com poll uh publicized at cnn i I think that they saw that and probably were alarmed by the numbers that were being recorded by a largely cnn audience in in watching that in huntington uh, pardon me huntington new york this is Vinny. hi Vinny. what did you most want to say Good morning, Michael, uh, daily listener. Love the Thank show. you. Thank you. Um, I think it's really interesting that Nikki Haley, I want to say really after seven years, but certainly um, after most of the campaign, just acquiescing to Trump and making excuses for him and milling out thing around, all of a sudden in the last six to eight weeks, she's grown a spine and she's, she's t- attacking back at him. And I think trying to get under his skin, which is, I think, the right approach, um, and yet every other Republican, including the shameless like Marco Rubio and and Ted Cruz, have completely capitulated. I mean, the the fact that Marco Rubio will go on national news shows and just, you know, roll over on his back. It makes okay. it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder what if they had all gone Chris Christie on Trump? 
from start exactly. to finish during the court? I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. Obviously, obviously, if they thought it would work, they would have done it. It didn't work for Christie. Uh, but I just I just want to think through. Thank you, Vinny, for the compliment. I want to just think through one other thing. I I believe it's Monday or Tuesday. I know this, but I've I'm confused and I best not say it. But either Monday or Tuesday, Jack Smith needs to respond to Donald Trump's uh, request of the court. He'll never wait that long because it's not the full brief. It's it's just, you know, notification of their opposition to Trump's appeal. So that will happen by the end of this week. It may even happen today or tomorrow, but it's going to happen. And then the ball is in the court of the Supreme Court. They know it's coming. They're already thinking what their positions might be. They may have already taken a straw poll. But there is going to be some word from the court, jiffy quick. If I'm Nikki Haley and I I lose badly in South Carolina next Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday, but if the Supreme Court has refused to stay the proceedings, allowing Judge Chutkin to move on trial, I think I haven't really, you know, uh, gamed this out in my mind. But I, I think if I'm Nikki Haley and I got one percent of the vote in South Carolina, I'm not going anywhere because now it's it is X the unknown on steroids. Like now it's like he really is going to go to trial. It would seem. And it's not going to happen before Super Tuesday, obviously. Frankly, it's not going to happen until the primary process has run its course. But it's going to happen then in that scenario. And I may as well just hang in there, keep accumulating delegates, strengthen my position as the alternative. Yeah, that's what it's it's not dependent upon the margin in South Carolina. It's dependent upon the Supreme Court the more that I think about it. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.